Hey fam. Um, I definitely didn't think I would be doing another intro where I am sending my condolences to people as a result of a mass shooting. I have intentionally avoided recording because of that. It just, it just really felt like, I don't know, yeah, you know, I had a bit of a moment where I'm like, you know what, what is the purpose of life if this is um, the reality of what we're going to have to face, the extent of sin and evil and suffering and pain. So my thoughts... My prayers are with all the families from the Uvalde community who have suffered greatly and are grieving. It's just, you know, as a parent, it, that really hits much closer to home. So I'd hate to imagine um, what this must be like for everyone. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I hope you can hold on to Jesus through this process. And may your heart be drawn even more to longing for the day when we all go home. To be with those that we have lost. And to be in a place where we are no longer at risk of any danger. Okay, Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Alright, now I just, you gotta, wait up, wait up. I gotta hang my phone up on my visor like I do. Well, let me just check everything's still working properly. Hold on. Okay, yes, we're still recording. Um, so I've been wanting to um, start with a Bible verse for quite some time now. Um, hold on, let me adjust the height of which my phone is bungee jumping at. <coughs> but, um, I just keep forgetting, so I keep forgetting, but I want to start doing like a Bible verse that has to do with the episode of what we're, what I will be discussing, sorry, I would appreciate if it was like some sort of dialogue, but podcasting doesn't allow for that, so we will sit together, but I will be the only one that will be talking, um, so, anyway, whatever. This shows my nature and personality. So I used to give shout-outs to people, like people that I knew that were listening to the podcast. I used to give shout-outs to different ministries. At the moment, I'm just, as long as I can record, I'm like, okay, we've achieved what we needed to achieve with this thing. So I haven't been giving shout-outs, just because I need to 
I need to look for the people or the things on my phone. I mean, I could, I could be organized and have the stuff written prior to recording, but I don't. So anyway, when I used to record on my laptop, I could then, you know, flick through my phone and find someone to give a shout out to. But today I'm going to give a shout out. Now don't take it personally, but this is probably going to be my favorite listener um, or one of my very favorite listeners who has just... After three-something years, decided that they want to listen to the podcast. So, shout out to my husband. Hey, Stevie. Hey, husband. Um, he just started listening to the podcast, like, a week ago, I think. <laughs> Maybe two weeks ago. So, yes. So, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Connected Family. Um, we made a joke because I asked him last night, I'm like, so what made you want to start listening to my podcast? Because the guy obviously knows I've been doing a podcast for the last three years. <coughs> and he's like, oh, you know, when you were recommending to a friend that they listen to certain podcasts, you know, I just thought I might as well have a listen and see what I think about them. And, um, and then he's like, and then your podcast just kept coming up as a suggestion. So, so I just listened. Um, so I'm like, okay. Anyway. He jokingly, although there's always a bit of truth in every joke, he's like, I wanted to listen to, like, the heresies that you were <laughs> talking about. We often <coughs> speak of each other in that kind of way. So I'm like, well, be prepared to disagree with me for 45 minutes every episode. <coughs> but anyway, so yeah, thanks for joining, Stevie. Enjoy. Um, Alright, so today I wanted to talk about therapy. Now... I don't know which ones of you know me or know of my life enough, um, but I'm currently doing a diploma of counselling um, at TAFE, and it is a one-year full-time qualification. And obviously for that, I'll do counselling. The reason why I chose to do that is because my Bachelor of Social Work is going to drag out for a very long time because I'm doing it part-time so that I can fit all my ministry stuff as well and you know I kind of do it on and off I go full-time and then I go part-time depending on what's going on in my life so anyway to be totally honest I should have deferred but anyway, okay moving on right so I'm doing a diploma of counseling for those that were there when I went through my very dark stage during the podcast, you will all know that I did some self-guided therapy for myself to help me to overcome some of the stuff that I was going through. The majority of that stuff was um, a lot of core belief work that I had to do. Um, and there was also some codependency stuff that I had to work through and just the impact that that has had on my life. Work through that. Honestly, all I did was listen to a lot of psychologists and counsellors on YouTube. I listened to a lot of podcasts and I did a lot of reading. So I read a lot of um, scientific literature. I read a lot about different studies that have been done. I just, I basically put myself through uni for my own self, because um, I needed to, I needed to fix myself, like there was just a lot of stuff going on, 
Um, and it was then that I really appreciated the value of, I guess, what you could say is therapy, or I saw the value in seeking additional help for different situations. Now, I'm all for the Bible, I'm all for Jesus, um, I totally get that that is where many Christians sit, and I'm with you on that one, um, so don't get me wrong, I do believe that we are able to work through things with just reading our Bible and praying and sincerely seeking God for help in certain situations, but I also must say that I can testify that for me, I was in different situations with my faith that did not allow me to get beyond where I was at because my faith was struggling. Because my faith was struggling, my prayer life wasn't as solid as it could have been. My devotional time was non-existent. There was a lot of stuff going on that was directly associated with God Therefore, it was very hard to let God be the one that could sort of work through that. I also believe that even if our faith is strong, is solid, there are some tools, some very practical tools that we can get from therapy that are actually quite beneficial for our walk. And also, to be totally honest, I am a person who is always upskilling for the gospel and nothing else. Um, everything I learn is so that I can share my faith in a more effective way. So for me, learning many of these therapeutic tools on my self-guided therapy has actually enhanced my capacity to minister to others because one I engage with people that do not have any faith therefore I am able to incorporate secular if you want to put um, skills and ideas in a Christian I'm able to present them still with a very Christian minded perspective and honestly the more I have learned about all these therapeutic tools and all these different ideas of how the mind works, I have found the majority of them, I would say 90% of the information that I have learned on an academic level, I can literally find in the Bible. So I kind of laugh because I'm like, guys, we just need one textbook and that would be the Bible. If anything, it has helped me to appreciate the Bible even more because there are things, there are patterns that I can identify within the Bible. There are different, like just different counsels, like even just with the opening passage, like Romans 12.2, renew your mind, transform your mind, like rebuild your mind, like that's all neuroplasticity. That all comes back to the importance of the neurological connections that we make between emotions and situations and behaviors and people and environments. Like, I'm just like, God, like, you are epic. Okay, so anyway, now that I have gone into this specific 
qualification or this specific study that is counseling I feel even more that it has affirmed biblical teachings when we look at cognitive behavioral therapy when we look at social learning when we look at all these kind of like extremely secular ideas I'm like guys this is literally in the Bible like <laughs> if only you knew anyway so I am going to I'm going to share with you today a little bit of what my therapy journey has looked like on a more professional but unprofessional way I'm still in a position where I'm doing so much of my own work that I don't feel I need the motivation of booking myself into therapy. But that is because every single week, guys, I am doing the work for myself. One, because I don't want to be hurt <laughs> again. Second, I don't want to hurt people because of my issues, because of my dysfunction, because of all the stuff that I'm kind of carrying around. Um, and then third, I just want to live an abundant life that isn't chained to my past yeah okay so they're probably the three main reasons that I do a lot of self-guided therapy for myself and why I would suggest that it's worth considering prayerfully consider it prayerfully consider it go about it with some curiosity and, and see for yourself like hey is this kind of worth it or not or hey you know what is it making me really uncomfortable well maybe I should address why I feel so comfortable about even the idea of working through my stuff um so that's that I was going somewhere else but now I've lost it because the car was leaving and I was paying attention to the person leaving the car park um okay so yes I'm still not in a place where I think I would pay for therapy because I'm doing the work if I felt that there was a lot of reluctance, if I felt that there was a sense of overwhelm, if there was a fear attached to me doing the work, I would think it would be beneficial to do the work with a professional therapist as accountability. The same reason we join the gym, you know. We could buy a treadmill, but there's something about paying for a gym membership that gets your bum off the couch, off the bed, and gets you going to the gym at least once a week because you want to not feel bad that you didn't go to the gym for a whole week. Like there's just something there that comes with accountability. Okay. So now in my studies, the diploma of counseling, we have once a week there is a specific unit that we're doing that is all about um, how to practically do the counseling, how to how to do a counseling session. Now, we all started knowing nothing, okay? It was literally, like, maybe, like, the second or third week. And we were like, all right, guys, so now we're going to go into role plays. And the role plays are that someone has to be the client and someone has to be the therapist. And then we have an observer. So there's three people to a group, a minimum of three people to the group. And one person opts to be the client and the other person opts to be the counselor. And we go and apply the principles that we have been given so one of the first lessons was like on active listening this is how you listen this is how you active listen this is how you um, basically engage with someone in the counseling session and what your listening should look like 
So what did we do? We applied those really simple initial teachings in that. I think it was like the third week. Okay. From then on, you know, every week we're given more information. So then when we would go and do our role plays, which is the only thing that's a role play is a position that you're in. But the information that you disclose and how you engage with the client and the counselor is still like you would in the workplace. So we're still doing confidentiality. Um, we're still going through like a counseling agreement. We're still trying to be show empathetic regard for our clients. So we're still trying to apply all these elements of counseling. But each week we're building and we're building and we're building and we're getting like a bigger toolbox of skills and we just keep applying them week after week so technically I've been in therapy for like five months <laughs> as I've been working through this stuff um, because every week you have to do a counseling session and you have to be a counselor so week after week I'm being the counselor and I'm being the client so it's been five months of therapy but also being a therapist I guess you could say and I will honestly tell you as I see our class having more skills to be a counsellor in the full capacity of what that looks like as we're getting more and more tools given to us but then also seeing my classmates going through this therapy and being a witness to it either through being an observer in the group or through being the one that actually engages um, in sharing and disclosing information. I have seen us get deeper and deeper and deeper into our junk. And I have seen so many of us have massive insights about some of our core beliefs and about some of the stuff that we tell ourselves in different situations so as we've gone through this therapy thing one I see us being able to be more and more vulnerable with each other than I did in week three I have seen us not necessarily always reframing things but I have seen us go to such deeper levels with our junk like it's not just I'll give you a random thing I don't like red and I've never liked red and red is just the ugliest color you know whatever um and I just don't like red so I make sure to go everything has to be totally opposite I really go for cool colors to go from that at week three to now we're at a stage where I don't like red because I remember that my room as a kid was painted red and and this is all hypothetical and um my dad used to beat my mom and I remember used to always run into my room and my room was red and so now I just hate red because I associate red to my upbringing which reminds me of the domestic violence that was you know evident in my in my home now we're like, wow, that's like so much more profound. Not even really understanding why on earth I just don't like red. Now we're all at a stage five months on where 
when not just like making associations with certain things that may be triggering for us in the present, but we're also very aware of how that brings about certain emotions, certain insecurities. Oh, it just, it's, it's just so, it's, it's kind of supernatural because I think to myself, I'm like, you know, we always say it's like an onion, you know, there's so many layers, it's so complex, but if you can get to the core, if you can strip away all those layers to get to the core, then you're able to address those core issues in a way that is so much more empowering for the client. So that they can live the present in the present rather than, I still don't like red. Well, would you still like red? Do you wish you could like red? Or you really don't care? It's just been so beneficial. I have found it, like, I can see why therapy can be so beneficial for so many things because if we really sit down and think about it I don't know if there's like a biblical teaching or principle that will say hey do you want to have a look at why maybe you don't like red so much do you want to go there and try and work through that and try and understand that one thing that I've and look I'm not gonna over therapize I just made that word, over-therapize things. Um, there are some people that just don't like red because they don't like red. You know what I mean? Not everything is like, well, tell me about your childhood. Like, You know, I get it. Trust me, I'm not one of those people that I'm like, everything that you have is related to something in childhood. But I do believe that there is definitely, definitely a lot of room to consider what's going on. When I look at my issues, when I went through all my stuff, when I look at all my stuff through there, I, without going to a counsellor, without doing a diploma of counselling, I found the connection between the rejection I experienced in 2018 to rejection I had experienced when I was 12 to rejection I had experienced when I, I was able to join those dots together and I realized that's why it was so overwhelming. That's why everything that happened in 2018 was so heightened. Why I was so fragile. Because it actually offset a whole bunch of other things that I had experienced. Now, I didn't read that through anything that I had studied independently either. This was all while I was going through it where I just sat and I'm like, Catalina... Why am I so upset? Why am I so hurt? Why do I feel so much pain? Like, when I sat and dealt with that and tried to work out, like, can I just get over this? I realized why I couldn't get over it because it was linked to other stuff and I had to mentally, neurologically rewire my way of thinking with this situation, this current situation, and how I associated with the situations in the past to get to a place where it was like, you know what, Catalina, this situation is quite different. It's, all of it is very different. And I'm, in myself, was very different. The rejection I experienced when I was 12 
was based around other insecurities. But because I'm experiencing insecurities now as a 31-year-old, you know what? I'm in a place where I'm like, you know what? Like, it's just, I'm processing it very much as a 12-year-old, processing it very much as like a 10-year-old, but I'm 31. Because I haven't dealt with processing what went on when I was 12 and what went on when I was 10, so that I could just, in a really healthy way, completely disregard that and deal with this situation in 2018 the way that it needed to be dealt. Okay, so that's one thing that I found really beneficial, this whole idea of just finding the connections, understanding why it's there, why there's a pushback, why there's a discomfort, why there's a fear, why there's anxiety, why there's pain and heartbreak, and then trying to really work through it in a very different way. Now, I don't see that. I don't believe I've seen that in the Bible. That practical processing of stuff. Um, there's definitely stuff which is like the generational stuff, which again, in counseling and through my social work degree, we often talk about it. It's the whole idea of like um, epigenetics and, you know, the stuff that you carry in your genetics and in your DNA. Um, we also talk about that. I'm like, oh, and it takes, you know, like three generations to change the DNA um, from what it is and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the Bible already said that, guys. Anyway. Second point I wanted to say about therapy. So one, I feel it is still very beneficial, even as a Christian. I think there is still something that we can learn from that. You know what I mean? Like if we talk about, oh, you know, okay, let me not get cynical. When we talk about like um, health reform, okay, so many of the most dedicated health reformers that I have known go and see a naturopath. Could you not get that information from the Bible? And I'm not saying this like condescendingly. Well, I kind of am, but not in a bad way. Like, I still like you. What I'm trying to say is, there are so many people that still go and seek out, and I'm saying this, a professional to help them with things that I could argue it's in the Bible. You know, when people want to start a business, oh, I'm going to go and see like a business man or woman, but whatever, what would you call them, like, I don't know, someone who knows a lot about business, whatever, I'm going to go and, you know, get some advice from them, and I'm going to pay for advice from them, why don't you get it from the Bible, you know what I mean, I feel like for every other, like a doctor, you're sick, why don't you get it from the Bible, why do we go and seek out professionals for almost every other area of our lives, Except when it comes to, like, our mental and emotional stability. I'm like, guys, I can guarantee you that if you're able to get help with that, it's going to fix many of the other areas. Like, it won't make them perfect, don't get me wrong. And, and you know, maybe it is, it's going to be a long process. But you know what, maybe you won't need a naturopath because you'll just be making the best choices for your health because you're emotionally and mentally strong and stable and so you're not going to bad foods for the wrong reasons, and you're not avoiding exercise for the wrong reasons, you know, there's just, anyway, okay, moving on, I will say, in all of that, I do believe that we do have to be very, very careful, 
as to what therapists we do go and see. And that's why I believe, you know, if there was enough Christians, if there was enough Adventists who were able to dedicate some of their life to prayerfully consider if they should go into psychology or counseling or any of those professions that help with mental health, I believe our church would be healthier because there would be people who would know that they could go to a Christian or an Adventist psychologist or an Adventist counselor. But because within our church, and I get it, we've stayed away from that for so long, we don't have options. Honestly, you know what? I won't ever go to a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist is because I want to go to an Adventist one. And we have like a handful of Adventist psychologists in Australia. Um, we have a handful of Adventist counselors. And to be totally honest, I probably know most of them. So there's a conflict of interest. Um already so that's a difficult thing that's the one thing i will always agree with people i do believe you should go and get a godly adventist would be great but i don't think that it's highly important that they be adventist but um someone who has like a biblical worldview before they have a psychological counseling worldview i do i will say that that is my opinion on that okay yeah hence why i was like we need more adventist counselors let me go be that one instead of always saying that we need more adventist counselors like let me be that let me let me be that for someone okay second guys it is so heavy working through this stuff you have no idea like one Shout out to those who have been brave enough, courageous to go into therapy and to work through their stuff. Like, so proud of you. So proud of you. Because going through this stuff and working through this stuff can really bring up, it can reopen wounds that might have healed. But I will honestly say, if it brings it up again, and if it's still kind of sensitive and very emotional and very triggering, then maybe you haven't fully worked through it. So it's probably a great thing that you're in therapy. Um, but to go there, to want to work through that, to empower yourself to be in a better position now, like, oh, such good work, such good work. Because I will tell you, as I've gone through my sessions, there are days where I we do our role-playing, and our role-playing, it's, it's like a 40-minute session. Um, and this is just with students. Like, I can imagine, like, someone who is actually working, they've fully graduated, they've got the skills plus experience, I can imagine that they would be able to take you way deeper um, than what we are as students practicing on each other but there are days where I come out of my session and I want to go home <laughs> I'm just like okay I cannot sit through more theory right now um, I cannot engage with other humans right now because this is all super super sensitive um, so therapy isn't always like wow, I just had a great session, I'm ready to conquer the world, 
sometimes the stuff that you work through depending on the heaviness of what it is and and i guess you know what you have been able to process of it up until that point of therapy um can be really draining like it can just physically mentally emotionally be quite draining but i will say that as i have shown up week after week and continued to go deeper with the very specific things that i've chosen to work through with our role plays um i have found that every week i drag my feet it's like going to the gym man i drag my feet but once i come out of that and you know depending on the sessions it can take like two days for me to come out of it and be like myself again when i come out of that i'm like i'm ready to conquer the world like it just feels like so much heaviness has been taken away because I've worked with that and secondly I have found a much better place to be compassionate towards those in my life who have had impacts on my life in a negative way I am much more willing to step into forgiveness and embrace forgiveness because I have done that work um yeah, honest, I the benefits are so epic, so epic, and it has got me to this place where I'm so much, you know, the three things that I wanted to not hurt, not let myself get hurt, not hurt those around me, and then also to be a better minister to people around me, like, to be able to get to the point where I can see that I'm making decisions every single week that are much better better for myself for those around me has just been so encouraging so encouraging yeah so encouraging so it has been beneficial to go through that heaviness to go through that darkness because when i've come out at the other end of this i'm practically seeing the impact of this every week in having like a better family, better relationships, and having better boundaries for myself. So, oh, guys, it just, it's so worth it, but I totally get why some people avoid it, why some people will only go a session a month. Um, I get it, but I honestly feel like it's exactly like going to the gym. You can get fit going to the gym once a week, but you can get so much fitter if you go, like, regularly, as opposed to going once a month. The progress, the strength, the gains that you'll find from going once a week. Some people go twice a week. The benefits that you'll get from that will always outweigh going to the gym once a month. But I get it, there's finances, I know that it's all expensive, and and so I get that a lot of people only go to counseling or um, therapy with a psychologist once a month because that's all that they can afford but I really just want to um, affirm you and congratulate you for making that investment even if it is once a month and like it is so good that you are willing to sacrifice financially to invest in your mental health because I can guarantee you that as you invest in your mental health it is going to improve all areas of your life um, I'm convinced I'm convinced yeah it'll be so beneficial for you 
So I think that's it. I think that's all I want to talk about. I do believe that there is such an importance of being able to address the neurological pathways that we have created and the neurological thought patterns. Um, there is one thing for me. Like, I'll tell you totally honest. Okay. So I went into this whole counseling thing and there were a few people in my class who also expressed that they were, you know, they felt like it was going back to school and, you know, whatever. And, and for me, like this idea of going into a social circle where I see people three times a week and it's very much like school and I had stuff happen when I was in school that made me very unstable and, you know, I got bullied and picked on and um, I was thrown out of the cool group and all this kind of stuff. It was all this stuff that I went into TAFE with the same things. I'm like, am I going to be part of the cool group or am I going to be excluded because of Adventism? I have been excluded from a lot of social interactions and gatherings and environments because I don't do a lot of things. I'm like, great, I'm going to have to go through that all over again where no one's going to want to hang out with me because I don't go to the pub and I don't go out and drink and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I was like, okay, I've got to process that. That's okay, no big deal. And then I'm like, what if I'm a part of the cool group? And then what if uh, no one wants to sit next to me? Like, just processing all the stuff that you process as a kid, processing it now as, like, a 38-year-old, I'm like, God, help me. Like, just like, this is too much. This is way too much. But anyway, I literally went into this whole situation with the same idea. And I know for me, I go into new churches with that same idea. I go into workplaces with that same those same ideas. Am I going to be the one that is always on their own? And no one's going to want to be my friend. Um, so I get to the stage where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not going to engage. I'm just going to be there. Just do what i got to do intentionally avoid connecting with people so that I'm not connecting with people and allowing myself to be in a position where I get rejected or I get excluded or whatever like I'm very I realize that's that's the way I kind of deal with it so that I don't have to deal with it in any other way where the better the better way of processing that whole thing is being like you know what I'm just gonna go and be friendly with everyone and if no one wants to sit with me, if no one wants to invite me to their place, if no one wants to do stuff with me, that's okay. It's so different. And I don't know, I don't know if I can biblically say that that tool I found in the Bible, in that practical application. Romans tells me to renew my mind and to think in a better way, to think in a way that God would want me to think. But when I think of that, like, I don't know if I could practically put that same principle and apply it in a very practical way to my social interactions with people and understanding that I have create, I have attached emotions to social interactions and social engagements. Like, I just didn't realize that until I was told through my studies that, you know, that's what our brain does. And then now I read Romans 12, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, totally agree with that, totally get it now, because I have had other information given to me that has given me much more clarity with regards to that passage. Okay, I have to go study for an exam, so I need to finish this and go to the library.
thank you so much for spending time thank you for hanging out with me um i hope to show up more regularly but this this break was honestly because i'm like god what as if i'm gonna get on the podcast and talk about anything right now when there's just an overwhelming sense of grief in the world like really anyway all right i'll chat with you next time until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and may the Holy Spirit continue to guide you to do that work, to do that, that internal stuff, to process it, to work through it, however it is that you feel comfortable, but please still do that work. I invite you and I encourage you uh, to do that work, because the sooner you do it, the sooner you'll be able to live your life in the presence and to understand like the blessing of today without having the darkness and the shadow of the past lingering um, and covering today from what it could be for you. All right, see you. Ciao.